You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Let's talk about the South African equity market with Hannes van den Berg, head of SA Equity and Multi-Asset at 91. Hannes, there are two groups in the interviewees that I have my podcast with. And the first group is, I don't want to touch any South African equities at all. Everything I've got is with South African companies that do their trade overseas or it's overseas money. And uh, others people say the value of South African stocks, certain South African stocks is so compelling that we're going to stay here. It's not as simple as that, is it? Yes, Lindsay, with uh, regulatory changes recently and South African fund managers being able to allocate up to 45% of money offshore, um, that has opened the playing field for accessing deeper and wider global markets. Um, But that still leaves you with quite a big percentage, 55% or more, being uh, allocated to South Africa. So the way we look at it is on an integrated basis. Uh, We ask ourselves what are the fundamentals and the price you pay for those fundamentals that drive share prices uh, across the universe of of investment opportunities. And as you rightly point out, a lot of negative news has been priced into the earnings expectations for South African equities. And these equities are trading at, if you look, compare them to global standards, trading at very attractive valuations. Yes, they are. The other thing is, of course, earnings revisions, one of the pillars of your investment philosophy at 91. And we've spoken many times about this. Just briefly remind us about that philosophy, if you you would, Hannes? Yes, Lindsay. If, I mean, if you break it down, we, what drives returns for shareholders uh, or equity investors, and if you ask yourself, what is going to give me my total shareholder return over time? It consists of two main components. One is the growth component, the capital return component, which is essentially the earnings times the valuation, the PE, and the price you're willing to pay for that earnings profile. So if somebody opens their Bloomberg screen today, the share price that they see is, in our view, the one-year or two-year forward earnings expectations times the PE or the valuation that the market is willing to pay for it. And, and in our mind, the market tries to pay a reasonable price for that earnings profile. And what drives the share price from here is the change in earnings expectations over the next year or two. And as you get those upward revisions to earnings expectations, the share price gets driven upwards. The second component, in addition to this growth of capital return, is, is obviously the income, and which in the case of equities is, is the dividend. So you're right. We, we like to find those where earnings have been reset to what we believe is a low level. And from here on, the earnings revisions profile trends more positively. Or there's an earnings persistency, uh, what we look for as well, where the market is turning negative on a stock and processing a lot of negative costs or, or slower revenue and contracting margin. And we believe that the market is, has turned too bearish on an opportunity and therefore uh, the earnings profile is stronger than what the market has expected. I was going to ask you that. Are there any particular economic conditions or market conditions that mean that there are likely to be good upward revisions or bad downward revisions? And where are we now in the economic cycle in South Africa? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Lindsay. From a top-down perspective, uh, our view is that we are at the top of the interest rate cycle and that the next move in interest rates globally and in South Africa is for interest rate cuts to start coming through. And that means that one of the headwinds or negatives for equity markets, you know, fighting the rising interest rate environment is not great for growth and growth assets and equities. It's turning into a more supportive environment where uh, interest rate cuts are actually becoming more supportive for the growth profiles 
of companies. So a, a, a cyclical top in interest rates and, and potentially also a cyclical bottom in GDP growth rates for South Africa, given the severe load shedding and slowdown and consumer sentiment and port issues we, we've, encou- we've sort of encountered in South Africa. So from a macro perspective, there's, there's more cyclical support to the South African economy, but also from a bottom-up perspective. A lot of the companies where we interrogate the income statements and the free cash flow profiles of the businesses have seen aggressive load shedding costs being priced into the companies on a direct basis. Some of the food retailers, food producers, companies that are very dependent on electricity, mining companies, um, you know, having to burn diesel to keep the operations going. And then also on the indirect basis, um, sentiment, consumer uh, sort of footfall into shopping malls, uh, volumes of sales for, for companies. So that, and then also one can add higher interest rates and the costs of interest rates, uh, a lot of negative news priced into the earnings expectations of companies. And some of these companies have recently come out and said that the costs are less than what it was in the previous year. So the market is essentially upgrading the earnings because of taking out some of these costs. So on some of the SA consumer-linked stocks, uh, we think there are great opportunities. And, and also on the resources side, uh, we can talk about bottom-up opportunities for certain commodities uh, where we believe the supply-demand dynamics are more supportive. So, yes, we're finding opportunities where earnings revisions are, are very depressed and, and being revised higher. I'll sort of counter you on that one, because if you look at the PGMs, the Platinum Group Metals, um, Anglo-American PLC talked about its Platinum Division, and they've been very negative about it. What happens, though, at 91, if you see a share price, for example, of Anglo-American Platinum? I hope I'm not being company-specific here, but let's say a share price goes from 600 to 1,000, but then comes back to 700, 750, and then they come out with an earnings downgrade. What is your attitude then to that stock? Has it already come too far so you don't take it off the table or do you look at it differently? How does it work? Yeah, we often talk about the tension between the earnings profile and the price you pay for it. Um, You know, you get sell side and consensus expectations, but what's important is what is our own earnings expectations relative to what the market is thinking. And often share prices derate uh, because in anticipation of the earnings downgrades to come, the people who do the work and run their models anticipate that the earnings profile is too high. It goes both ways also to the upside. So when a stock is cheap and it's getting positive earnings revisions, that is 101 for our process. It's an easy buy. The opposite, when it is expensive and it starts seeing downgrades, that's also 101 from a lightning or selling the position. Where we do a lot of work is exactly what you've said, where a stock derates or the share price sells off from you used 1,000 rand to 700 rand and there's negative earnings revisions that come through and you can argue the PGM space and some of the other other commodity companies where you see those negative revisions come through. The trick and, and what we need to do through thorough research and interrogating the investment cases is, is to find where our earnings, therefore, uh, is stronger than what the market is pricing and the market overshoots uh, to the downside. You know, sentiment and fear and greed drives a lot of behavioral errors in markets and people tend to then herd and anchor to these downgrades and then overshoots to the downside. And if we then can find those companies where our earnings is more accurate than the market. Those are the great investment opportunities. And, and then maybe just to bring it back to sort of a broader South African context. Yes. Even though people are quite negative on the South African market, the, the earnings forecasts, and this is just consensus numbers, not even our numbers, 
for the all share index for 2024 is a, is a proper double digit earnings growth profile. Uh, you know, 17% is expected, and, and even into 2025, 12% earnings growth is expected. If you look at that just in broader sectors, the industrials is, is quite strong in that earnings growth profile, and some of the financials. The market is expecting resources sector to grow by only 3% over the next 12 months. So the market is expecting slow, if flatlining earnings growth from some of the resource counters, and, and that's exactly where the opportunity is because if some supply demand dynamics for, for example, iron ore or copper play out stronger than what the market is expecting. And that 3% uh, earnings growth expectation is a very conservative number that the market's expecting for resources. You've mentioned a couple of sectors now, but at the stage we are in the South African economic cycle, which I referenced before, are you starting to see uh, signs of light in some sectors and more darkness in others? What are you seeing at the moment, Hannes? Yes, it's exactly that, Lindsay. Um, a lot of people were literally uh, worried about darkness in South Africa. Um, and, and, you know, there's always something to worry about, even though load shedding starts to look better with more private sector supply that have come online. And, and it looks like the maintenance at, at ESCOM is slightly better planned than maybe last year. Transnet seems to have resolved some of the port issues. Uh, so we expect that to also start uh, normalizing the supply chains and the import-export sectors for, for South Africa. So, so from from a, from a sort of macro perspective, that's that's positive. Obviously, the elections is, is under, create some uncertainty. We have to get past our February budget as well to see what, what that holds for the South African consumer and the South African economy. But when we speak to the companies and, and from a bottom-up perspective, um, a lot of them are, are sounding a lot more positive from a trading uh, activity, from a consumer credit loss ratio, bad debts experience for some of the financial institutions. Sounds a lot more positive. And then, as we mentioned up front, we can now, instead of buying Anhauser or British American Tobacco or Richmond or, or Aspen, you know, we've, we've got one pharmaceutical company, one tech company, one oil and gas company. We can now access to bigger global markets and, and bright growth stock opportunities on, on a global scale. So to build a portfolio, you know, sort of building it up from the bottom with cyclical exposure on the South African side and good growth and defensive exposure on the global side, I think gives a better integrated and consolidated portfolio experience for the clients from here on. And just to summarise with my last question, it's very much a stock picker's market this year. Yes, I think so, Lindsay. I, I think you know if I sort of look back over the last 24 months, and it's always nice to, with hindsight, say what could have been and what we could have done differently. I think that COVID was a once-in-a-hundred-year event. Uh, what we saw during COVID was huge monetary and fiscal stimulus being introduced to get economies going again. Then subsequent to that, we had 500 basis points of interest rate hikes in the U.S., an interest rate hiking cycle that we haven't seen in decades, which was a big withdrawal of some of that monetary stimulus. So market sentiment and valuations and ratings were quite volatile and swinging in various directions. And a very narrow rally in the U.S. was what drove market returns not so much fundamentals and earnings. So going forward, and we're already starting to see that, the correlation between share prices and the fundamentals, the earnings and the quality of the businesses are starting to pick up. And that's probably where we are in the cycle. We are in a growth slowdown, late cycle, recessionary kind of phase of the cycle. The next to follow is the interest rate cutting part. Inflation is back to where central banks want it to be. 
And that means that the recovery, growth and expansion phase will follow. Obviously, there's election concerns and geopolitical concerns and Chinese concerns, but there's always concerns in markets. And I think the fundamentals will start to come through. And as the cycle sort of evolves into the remainder of 2024 and 2025, that share prices will again be driven by earnings and the fundamentals of the companies. Hannes, thanks so much for your insights. That's Hannes Vandenberg, Head of SA Equity and Multi-Asset at 91. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.